The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Ian Madigan is finding it just a little bit too much. The emotion of the occasion. He should be very, very proud of what he achieved having come onto this field to replace Johnny Sexton, who left, it seemed, in tears. Yeah, that was uh, the emotional moment from the 2015 Rugby World Cup. Ireland uh, beat France 24-9 and I'm thrilled to be joined now by one of the heroes of that game. Ian Madigan, Ian, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, William, for having me on. Big fan of the show. Oh, well, listen, thank you for uh, uh, joining us. Um, So, I mean, the decision to uh, retire, was it a, a difficult one or one that you kind of saw looming? Yeah, well, I'm 34 now, so I knew it wasn't going to continue for, for too much longer. Um, but yeah, I, I picked up an injury in October last year and um, I knew deep down that I wasn't uh, reaching the same heights that I was from a physical point of view and um, that made the decision a bit easier. Was that difficult to come to terms with mentally? Um, no, it wasn't. Like I look back on my career, I was you know uh, very lucky to to have had you know eight years with Leinster and then to to have played in in France, England, and then to to have finished off in Ulster. So you know I've I've no regrets about my career, and uh, I was very lucky to have one that was as long as it was. Um, the injury that like ended, I guess it came a kind of uh, after a long line of other injury. Would you describe it as injury plagued, kind of for a couple of years, for a few years? Or is that maybe? Um, no, I was generally Over-regulous. pretty lucky with, with, with my injuries. Um, picked up a, a groin injury when I was in France, but you know, I was um, mainly down to the, the type of training that I was doing over there. Yeah. Um, but no, I had a, a pretty good run at it in Bristol and it was more that I just wasn't really getting picked a whole lot in Ulster. <laughs> That's why you weren't seeing me out in the pitch. <laughs> um, so uh, so the, the fact maybe that the injury came when you were in your kind of mid-30s made it, made it probably that bit easier to do. You, you knew the regardless of injury, there probably wasn't a huge amount of time left anyway. Probably. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Ulster, you know, in, the, in my last two seasons there were understandable of me, you know, having one eye on, on um, you know, life outside of rugby and life after rugby. So I was able to get my foot in the door and, and work part time and now I've moved into a full time role with them. So what are you doing? So I work in, uh, work with data ships uh, and we've, we're data privacy experts and we focus focus on the Shopify space. Um, so we optimize the checkout, trying to get more customers to opt in for email and SMS marketing so our clients can market to more people. And are you enjoying that now? Something completely different from what had been your life's work for a good 10 years? Yeah, it, it's very different. You know, you, you go from walking in on a Monday morning to 40 guys in the dressing room and laughing your head off to, you know, now walking into the office or working from home. It's, it's a, a very different start to your week. Um, but I'm I'm lucky that the two guys that run data ships are, are friends of mine from school. So, um, you know, there's plenty of fun along the way there as well. Yeah, but it's good, like even on a personal level, isn't it, to do different things and find yourself in fresh environments. It is refreshing. Yeah, very much so. And I'm always trying to encourage, um, you know, other players, you know, when we do get weeks off in the season to get out and dip their toe into whatever business they might be interested in, you know. It's great if they find something that they're passionate about, but sometimes finding out what they don't like is just as important. So, you know, when they do finish up, they don't start doing something that they're not enjoying and then they have to jump around. Because Carl Frampton is going to be on the show on Monday and I know he's on the late late as well uh, tonight. And, and, you know, often it's told of boxers when they retire that they find retirement particularly difficult. It's not necessarily a sport that has a a great heritage of, of planning well for when you kind of hang up your gloves. Um, how conscious were you 
throughout your career that you always needed something. You know, eventually you retire or you might get injured and you'd have to do something else for 30 years. Yeah, I think it's tough on individual sports, you know, tennis players, golfers, boxers, you know, they, they wouldn't have the same network that um, and support structures that the, the rugby players have. And, you know, I've been very lucky with Rugby Players Ireland. You know, they would have supported me definitely in the second half of my career, you know, ensuring that I, you know, kept on top of my studies, uh, made introductions to businesses that I might be into so I could dip my toe in, you know, find if I was passionate about it. Um, and, you know, even in, in, in the months that I've finished up, they've, you know, touched, touched base with me and, and made sure that I'm coping okay with being out of the game. Yeah, that's interesting that that uh, support structure is there. So, I mean, have you kind of been doing a career retrospective now in, in recent days, looking back on the highlights, thinking about them? Yeah, like I, I had a fair idea, you know, during the summer that I was going to be finishing up and um, doing the, the piece when I announced my retirement was, it was quite emotional. You know, you go back all the way back to mini rugby in Old Belvedere and playing Gaelic football and chemical croaks and you bring back, bring brought back a lot of very fond memories and um, yeah, it made me very grateful for all the people who'd made sacrifices throughout my career. Well, let me ask you one of those people because you have a lovely line about your granddad as well in your retirement uh, statement. T- tell us what you said about him and why you decided to include it. Yeah, my my granddad Larry, he's um, he's always been my, my number one supporter and, um, you know, used to ferry me all over Dublin and all over Ireland for, for Gaelic football matches when I was growing up and um, he he's very sharp on all sports, and he would have advised me on you know what he thought I was doing well uh, in games, what I needed to work on. Uh, generally, my kicking. Um, <laughs> did you always listen to him? <laughs> I did. I, I I wasn't great at listening in the in, in the earlier parts of my career, but he was also great. Like he'd read any any articles that I, I'd have been in, and uh, or any interviews that I would have done, and um, he'd have immediate background himself, and and would have given me advice on what he thought I was doing well and what I needed to work on. And even now, as I've moved into punditry with with Virgin, um, he's you know listening to those games intently and giving me feedback on those. And you, you tell a story as well about your first cap for Ireland as well. <laughs> uh, he was he was he was there before the uh, the 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 groundsman, basically. Yeah, so that that's him kind of summed up. You know, he he um, you know wanted to arrive to see me, you know, run out and do the warm up and you know feel the atmosphere. But I think he was about two hours before kickoff. The team hadn't even arrived into the stadium. <laughs> the stewards weren't there, and he wasn't able to get in. <laughs> Oh, well, listen, no, it's, it's, it's lovely to see that you include him. Um, and I guess anybody who reaches the heights you would have reached, you know, playing for Ireland, um, at, like at Rugby World Cups and everything else, and, at, you know, at Bristol and Bordeaux and Ulster and Leinster, you can't get there without other people making some sacrifices on your behalf. Yeah, very much so. And you know, there was even, I think, back to the guys I played with in school. And, you know, I always felt that I was very privileged that I was given the opportunity to, you know, play for Leinster and, and be a professional rugby player and, I wanted to make sure that they enjoyed, you know, the the journey along with me, and you know, we had some great nights out celebrating the wins, um, and you know, they were always there to support me in the in the tougher times throughout my career as well. And is is that the thing you suspect you'll miss more so than the moments on the pitch? Is that is that kind of camaraderie? Um. Yeah, in a way, like I, th- nah, I think it's the moments on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to say. Nah, forget yeah. them. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, b- because rugby's held up on, on this pedestal, you're the centre of attention a lot of the time. And being honest, I'm nearly relieved to be moving out of that. You know, I've been the centre of my of attention with my family and friends for, for long enough. You know, it's times that, time that, you know, my sister Lou and Dave get their, their time in the, in, the, uh, in the limelight now. 
That's interesting. So like even when you kind of you go into a room, people automatically, they gravitate towards it. They want to ask, what, what's, that? what's going on in Irish camp? How are things going? Who's playing well? Who isn't? Yeah, like, you know, you, you say you're a professional rugby player and, you know, people are interested in it. They want to get some more insight. You know, you tell them you work in data privacy and not too many questions follow tell up. Me, back when, so when you were in a taxi or getting your hair cut and they didn't know who you were, <laughs> what job you to do? I bet you you had a fake job. I guarantee you had a fake job. No, I, I didn't. Did, uh, I, did, I didn't. I genuinely, I didn't mind chatting um, chatting about rugby. And, See, you look at them yeah. and say, well, I'm a professional rugby player. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. No, it... Um, Ah, look, I think you know rugby. We we try and connect connect as well as we can with with all our supporters, and um, you know I always felt um, you know in a privileged position to be able to have conversations about what I did. Uh, Liz is after getting in touch. Thank you for having Ian on. Uh, he really got to shine in uh, Ulster, where he was brilliant and much loved. Uh, says Liz, which is a nice message uh, to come in. Um, listen, I know you're kind of involved with this uh, Heineken Green all the way uh, campaign with the World Cup. So you were behind the bar in Sinnets, is that right? Sure. Uh, was. For the uh, South Africa game, you're in Galway as well uh, for the next game. Are you enjoying watching the World Cup? Yeah, I'm loving watching the World Cup. And uh, when Heineken reached out, you know, they were trying to get um, players who'd retired, you know, get in behind the bar, create a bit of an atmosphere. And, um, you know, I used to grow up working behind the bars in, in Madigan's, um, you know, they're our family pubs. And, um, yeah, I love pulling pints and, you know, feeling the atmosphere. So you're the, confident in your Guinness pouring abilities? Um, my Guinness pouring is not too good. My, oh, right, my Heineken okay. pouring is very good, uh, though. Okay. <laughs> I can pour a pint of Heineken. <laughs> No, I can pour an okay pint of Guinness. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, the the punditry, do you find it a bit awkward at all, the kind of passing judgment on performance of other people? Um, I've, I've found it easier now that I've finished up. You know, I did a podcast when I was playing and I found that particularly difficult because I always felt like I was representing Ulster and, you know, you're, you're speaking on behalf of the club. So you, yeah. you, you had to be very careful in, in what you were saying. Um, I generally... You know, even when I was playing with my fellow players, I try and be very positive. So when I'm watching these games and I'm, you know, doing the punditry on it, I'm trying to look at it from a positive angle, um, as opposed to saying that was a terrible mistake. You might say, you know, that fell below that person's high standards. You yeah. know, so um, yeah, I'm still learning learning my trade. You know, Matt Williams has been brilliant in in Virgin, and I was uh, doing co comms with Royal Nugent's. You know, someone who I always looked up to, and you know, sharing a, a comms box with him was a cool experience. Yeah, we'd ride on the show actually. Uh, this day last week, uh, we were uh, in the bridge and for the show, and Royal popped in as well as some former teammates of yours as well. We had Luke Fitzgerald in and uh, a couple of others. It was great to catch up with them. So I mean, um, how how impressed are you with this Irish squad? Very. Like we're, you know, we're number one in the world. We've just beaten the world champions. Um, what impresses me most about this Irish team is how clever we are. You know, we're, you know, I think back to the team that I played in in, in 2015 and, you know, we, you know, won two, maybe three game plans that we could go to. But if if we came unstuck, we weren't adaptable enough to, you know, find a way to win mm. in, in games. This team is, is different, you know, with the, the likes of Johnny Sex and Peter Manny, the experience they have. Yeah, let me, sorry, to, <clears throat> does that does that come from coaching or does that come from players? You know, that, that adaptability. It, it's both. And it's also learning, you know, learning from your losses, you know, and, yeah. and, and a lot of the players in this team, you know, I know we've been very successful over the last two or three seasons, but they've had big setbacks and that's where you learn most. Okay. Um, a lot of people suggesting that the game you were behind the bar for, the South Africa game, might be a repeat of the World Cup, or it might be a precursor to the World Cup final. I mean, do you suspect we were looking at the two best teams in the tournament? 
Yeah, I thought I thought going into the game, I thought it was going to be the, the two best teams. The the quarterfinals, you know, most likely we're going to end up playing New Zealand. You know, Joe Schmidt is there. He knows us particularly well. It's kind of bizarre. We were talking about this last week as well with the lads. It's kind of bizarre finding yourself in a situation where you're kind of, you're hoping we get New Zealand in a quarterfinal <laughs> of the World Cup instead of France, isn't it? It is. And like the World Every Cup... I hear yeah. someone say it, can't yeah. be right. No, the World Cup I played in, it was all about avoiding New Zealand <laughs> yeah, in the well, quarterfinals. Yeah, well, it always is. I yeah. World Cup. I'm sure since 87, it's nearly yeah. been about um, avoiding New Zealand, yet people are hoping to get them. Um we set up for, uh, Scotland uh, to get over uh, in the meantime, uh, and that is not this weekend. So Ireland have a weekend off, and it is the following weekend, and Ian's going to be behind the bar again, like I say, in Galway <laughs> for that as part of uh, Heineken Green all the way. Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank Thanks you very much for having me in. Uh, joining yeah. us. Uh, Ian Thank Madigan, uh, uh, their former uh, Irish international, former Leinster, Ulster, Bristol and Bordeaux player as well. Lots and lots of love coming in on the text line for you, Ian, which is nice to see as well. It is National Compliment Day, actually. That's what we started the show with. So people buying into it. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.